warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! more great music podcasts like this one well there's only one place to go and that place is castironring.com it's your one-stop shop for all your music podcasts eight podcasts all in one spot Stand up and metalheads you can't beat shit like that of course you've got focus on metal on there as well as Radioactive Metal with Rock and Snowy talking all about metal. Great interviews, good stuff. Got to check them out. My buddy Aaron with Signal to Noise. If you want to get all of your gear fixed, talking about all kinds of guitars and amps and making music and all of that good stuff, you have to hit it with Aaron at Signal to Noise. And then, of course, the man who founded all this crap is John Caddick. You've heard him here on Focus on Metal with Iron City Rock. So if you like the interviews that John does for Focus on Metal, then, of course, you want to catch more of that with John on his regular show, Iron City Rocks. And then, of course, the mighty Bob Nalbandian with the Shockwaves Hard Radio Podcast, as well as his new Roundtable Podcast, the Skull Sessions Podcast, here in conversations roundtable style with all kinds of great metal experts not to be missed. And then, of course, my man Stevie with the Bone Hand Heavy Half Hour. Good stuff to be had there. It's short, half an hour, put some metal in your ears and go away happy. You can't beat that one. And then the new kid on the block, Victor, with the Mars Attacks Radio, direct from Europe. You can't beat that. We've gone international metal, brothers. That's right. And where's all this stuff? Like I said, castironring.com. Go there and make your metal heart happy. Shining through the candle of deception. Bone Bad Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast, where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bad. We just have so much to be thankful for. Uh, first off, my, my sons no longer act like retarded gangbangers. Amen. Also, I got my balls back behind the wheel of a car. And uh, most importantly, we thank you for bringing back our nasty, delinquent, pot-dealing daddy to us. For he was lost, but now he is found. Amen.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 95 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Man, it's it's going a lot better. Yeah? It's going a lot better, yeah. Did you survive I, October? I survived October. I survived an event that lasted far greater than the mere month of October, let me tell you. <laughs> I haven't really discussed this with you. Okay. But you know what? I'm going to bring it up now. My long, painful, personal nightmare is over. Okay. I've had a really uh, a rough time. I think my family has also endured a pretty rough time. And this show is supposed to be, you know, comedy, but damn it, it's a forum too. And I, I'm going to get the warning out there. People. Okay. I think they should be aware not to do what I did. I'm sure there's other people that have done this before. It's, it's a little embarrassing, but damn, this has been rough. It's been really rough. Don't buy the big Costco cheap toilet paper pack. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is it's rough it's like 60 grit and it'll last you for months months i tell you that's brutal oh finally finished off that palette of pain <laughs> <laughs> palette of pain i like that i just thought of that that's oh, a, that's a yeah, nice so phrase good turn spend of the extra money on the nicer toilet paper that's all i'm saying folks yeah i, I think i know that stuff it's like it's it's very thin but hard yeah. And it's like two ply. The two plies come apart, but it's just like, yeah, it's brutal. It's terrible yeah, it's, stuff. It's like the lowest grade paper. There's still like chunks of tree in it, branches. And, and you look at it and you're like, wow, 12 bucks for 72 rolls. <laughs> right. That is a sweet deal. No, I think it was like $6 for 72 <laughs> rolls. And so, you know, you're, you're looking at that and you're thinking, what a value. And yet, in the end... See what I did there? I did, yeah. It would be better to go with the cushier ride. Yeah. Unless unless you want to somehow, you know, get a leathery anus. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> oh, leatheriness. Well, speaking of hate, you know what? what? This is obviously, in a couple days, is Thanksgiving. And people are always, this time of year, you know, talk about what you're thankful for. What are you thankful for? Are you thankful and certainly we're lucky people. We have a lot to be thankful for. But enough people aren't talking about what it is they hate. So we're bringing you this evening our Hatesgiving episode. It's time to put the hate back in Hatesgiving. That's right. Hating things like shitty toilet paper. That's one yes. of the things we hate. And we hate wow. a lot more. But we don't hate our musical guest for this show. Actually, we're doing a little bit of a celebration for this band. It is a Swedish death metal act that's been around since 1998. They are called The Haunted. And the Haunted. recently, unfortunately, it appears that the band has kind of collapsed on itself. So I, I wanted that. to do sort of a career retrospective, play music from throughout the band's career, a ton of great music, and additionally talk about the band a little bit just to kind of celebrate their entire career and listen to a bunch of great music. So I hope you dig that. Yeah, I'm digging it. Are we going to listen to a song, like, right off the bat? Is that what we're doing here? I think we definitely should. This song is from their debut album, as I mentioned, in 1998, The Haunted. This is Hate Song.
Hate. Hate. That was hate song. So what do we hate, dude? Uh, Let's just go further than what pisses us off. What do we (laughs) actively hate? You know what I hate? What do you hate? uh, The obvious one. You know what I hate? Banana bread. (laughs) And it's not so much the bread itself. It's just everything that goes into the banana bread. The ceremony, the celebration of this rather crappy bread product. You know banana bread is in your future when you look in the freezer and it looks like there's a bunch of turds in there. But no, those are old brown bananas that your (laughs) wife or girlfriend, instead of throwing away like God meant them to, put in the freezer because they're going to make banana bread. Banana, but fucking banana, banana bread. And you're supposed to be as happy about banana bread as they are, but you're not. You're not. Banana bread is just one half step above flipping fruitcake. It's not good. And you're supposed to be happy about it. At least a fruitcake you can reject. But the banana bread, you're supposed to jump in and do the banana bread dance too. Like, oh, banana, banana fana, motherfucking penis sucking banana fana, fo fana bread, yeah. No, I don't like banana bread. I'll go, I'll go one further. Zucchini what? bread, hate that oh. shit. Pumpkin bread, hate that oh. shit. Don't put any other fruit and stuff in bread. It doesn't belong there. It's not its natural habitat. Bread should be bread. Maybe you can stick some cheese in there if you have to. Some cinnamon bread. I've had cinnamon bread this decent. But keep the fruit and fruit-type products out of bread. Absolutely. Vegetables, too. Carrot bread. Ugh. Huh. Yeah, Does it grow no. in the earth? Keep it out of the bread. Exactly. It doesn't belong there. No. Unless it's a grain. Because, you know, grains grow in the earth. You know, and, and on that same note, squash. I can't stand squash. There's not a squash I like. And my and, wife, and lo- she loves the squash. She likes the spaghetti squash. She likes the butternut squash. She likes all these different squashes, squash soup. She's always trying to make squash and shoehorn it into stuff. And I just can't stand squash. And it's what, one of those things, that your squash? wife cooks and you want to support her and say, thank you, honey. I appreciate the fact that I didn't have to make a meal, but I fucking hate squash. And the fact that you're making it for me while knowing this, I take it as an act of hostility. <laughs> it possibly is. I think they look at it as more of like an evangelical thing. It's the evangelical nature of squash. It's not enough for them to like it. You gotta like it too. Yeah, and no, it's bad. It's not good. It, it's an ornament. I hollow that shit out and put a candle in it. I do not eat it. Mm-hmm. Now I'll make an exception for pumpkin pie. I can handle a little pumpkin pie, but that's about it. Yeah, there is absolutely no discernible pumpkin in pumpkin pie. Not if it's done right. Right. No, you shouldn't find chunks of pumpkin floating in your pumpkin pie. God, that would be wrong. Oh, God. What else do we hate? Well, I hate concussions. (laughs) Clearly, you should. Yeah. Still dealing with that piece of crap mental condition. Don't get a concussion. Hate this concussion. Yeah. Every time I think, you know what, I'm just about over it, then I find out I'm not. Or my wife will go... Yeah, no. Remember when you... And then she'll, like, enumerate 17 different things that point to the fact that I still have a concussion. Yeah. Hate that. I hate that. Living in Seattle here, you know what I hate? Moss. Growing on my roof, growing on my deck. All over everything, there's this green moss. And this time of year, it's just everywhere. And it's like I spent all last weekend scrubbing the moss off my deck so that people don't slip and kill themselves while walking on it. And it's all over the roof. At some point, i got to get up on the roof and scrape it off of there. It is the hugest pain in the ass. And because we live in such a lush, verdant place, 
this is one of the prices we have to pay. Total pain in the ass. Hate moss. Can't you get like a some sort of salt treatment? Well, yeah, you could put down a bunch of chemicals, but then your pets and kids are breathing in chemicals and stuff. It's just not good. Yeah, screw those Half guys. of our lawn moss. is like moss now. It's just everywhere. I feel like <laughs> the loads of death of Jordy Verrill. I was about to say, it's like that Stephen King short story. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But you do. That's like someone living in Arizona going, you know what I hate? The heat. You're just going to have it where you live. Ah, <sighs> uh, you know what I hate? What's hate that? it. I just hate it. The way that the Giants apparently are a baseball team and they won some sort of Stanley Cup or something. I don't even know. And I, I hate the fact that even though baseball season is mercifully over and I don't have to hear about baseball season, people continually talk about the fact that they won this championship of sorts. They have to have a special advertising section in the paper. They have to have a parade and put it on TV. They have to keep posting about it on Facebook. Oh, my God. Is it bad enough that the season lasts 13 months straight? And then the, the championship is, what, 75 games long? I don't even know. It never ends. And if, God forbid, you win the whole thing, then you people are just trying to force you to relive it. I didn't want to live it in the first place. I hate that. <laughs> but if it was the 49ers, you wouldn't mind so much. No, if the 49ers had to play... What is it really? It's like seven game championship thing. <laughs> but yeah, the I playoffs. would get a little bit tired of it. And when they won, I'd be like, "Yay, they won! That's great!" And then maybe something in the paper the day or two afterwards. And that that's that's it. That's enough. I don't need a televised parade. I don't need people to keep talking about it. I just kind of hate how long baseball lasts. It starts like fucking in March or April. And then it's still going on. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, baseball should be done the minute the first football is picked up. Because I've had all the baseball I need. Then now it's time for football. Let's have that. Then after that, let's have basketball. Baseball lasts way too goddamn long. I hate that about it. 162 games a year for the pros? That's preposterous. And the, preposterous. the Little League teams go on and on and on and on and on throughout the entire summer. It's crazy. Back off on the baseball, people. Enough Jesus. baseball. God. hate you. What about you? What do you hate? I hate the fact that my clutch is slipping on me. As I get older, my mind is not as remembering. <laughs> it's able to use <laughs> words. No, it's just like the other day. So I scrubbed my whole deck off. I was just exhausted, but I had some chores I had to run. Had to run to the store. Had to put some oil in the car. Had to do a bunch of things. And so I finally get home, and I open up the car, and I pour the oil in my car. I, you know, finish that up, and I go in, and I just collapse on the chair. And then the next morning, I drive my wife to the bus stop when I take my daughter to school. So we do our little morning routine. And we are sitting, waiting for the bus with the engine running. And my daughter says, I smell like gas or something. And I'm like, huh? And I start thinking about it, and I, oh, shit. Supreme. I left the oil filler cap off the engine. After I had put oil in the car and I left it like sitting on the battery. Yes. The the top one on the top because I was just adding a quart. And so I go and I open up the hood and sure enough, it's open and there's oil like splashed on the inside of the hood. And so like, I'm just panicking. Oh shit. I, you know, I'm worried the engine's going to burn up. I don't know what I'm going to do. I ended up taking a rag. We had some some, like clothing that we were going to give to Goodwill and I had one of my son's old shirts 
And so I ripped a sleeve off of it and crammed Was that. he wearing the shirt at the time? He was not. I crammed oh, that, that in the hole and got, you know, back to Napa Auto Supply and was able to buy a cap for cheap. It was five bucks. It wasn't a big deal. But I'm glad my b- daughter brought it to my attention when she did, because if I had run it for a week like that... That would have been bad. But yeah, it pisses me off that I can't remember shit. Simple shit that I should not forget, like to put the oil cap back on the engine. Yeah, you really ought to remember that. <sighs> yeah, I hate that. You know what I hate? What's that? I hate technology problems. And one of the reasons I have an Xbox to play video games upon is because <laughs> it's technologically sound. You don't have a lot of variables like you do with the PC. Yeah, it's supposed to be plug you and play. Plug it in and it goes. Yeah. And I've been having so many connection issues, just weird stuff where it says it's connected to Xbox Live, but it's not really, and it's acting like it is sometimes, not other times. And I'm trying to diagnose the problem and fix it. And I, I don't know if it's the network card, which, incidentally, I replaced not two months ago because the network card failed. And I don't know, I tried it wired, and that seems to not be helping, and I got it back on wireless, and I hate it. Just work. I'm not smart enough to figure these things out. That's why I have an Xbox instead of a PC. Hate it. Yeah. Work, Xbox, work. Now that we're talking about technology stuff, I think I hate my HTC One X, my cell phone, my new cell phone I bought. Oh, no, really? You thought you put so much... I know. Mental energy into and it just out. does dumb shit. Like today, okay, to open it up, because it's an Android phone, there's like this dumbass ring in the bottom of it. And Tell so me you, you don't like putting your You turn it on, and you got to like lift the ring up. <laughs> Come on. So that you can answer the phone. You can't just hit a button to answer the phone. you got to lift the ring up and then hit the button. So it's a two-step thing just to answer your phone. So the phone rang this morning, and I go to answer the phone, and the ring won't lift. I'm like sliding my hand all over the screen, and it won't it won't answer. It will, I couldn't answer my fucking call. I had to shut off the phone, like hold the the button down for ten seconds, shut down the phone completely, reboot it, and then my phone unlocked. But it's like, why in the hell would it do that? I just I feel like if I had an iPhone, that shit wouldn't have happened. I don't know. My wife has an iPhone, and she can't get it to work. Seems like ninety percent of the time. I I have an Android. I don't have the giant. 52-inch television size Android that you have. I've got the smaller one, but I have no problem. I, I thumb the ring. Maybe maybe you need to thumb it. Stick your thumb in that ring and just lift. So so don't finger it. No, don't finger the ring. Okay. Stick your thumb in it. See, because McPierce says you're supposed to finger everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is me we're talking about. You I'm know, saying thumb it. You know what else I hate? Shitty what superheroes. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. So, hey, do you remember there was this superhero group from Marvel back in the 70s called Guardians of the Galaxy? No. It was like this group from space. There was like one guy from each planet. So there's Vance Astro, and he was from Earth. And there was a guy named uh, Charlie 27, who was like this Marine from Jupiter. And there was Martin X, who was like this crystal ice man who was from Pluto. And they went on these space adventures and stuff and would bump up against the Fantastic Four and the Inhumans and stuff like that. And they recently rebooted them to have characters like Rocket Raccoon and Groot, this basically guy who's a tree. <laughs> and they're talking... Is he of, an ant, at least? Kind of like that. And they're talking about making a movie with those shitty reboot characters. 
And wow. I just can't, st- the thought of that, like, Marvel's been on such a great roll with the movies that they've had coming out and the Avengers and Iron Man and everything has been really good. And then they're going to fuck it up with coming out with this shit? Captain Tree Man. Oh, God. And Rocket Raccoon. That just makes me want to puke in my mouth. <laughs> I hate that. And you know half the Green Lantern Corps. There's one that looks like a chicken. There's a squirrel. Fuck that. Come yeah, up with, we've talked about the ridiculous yeah. Green Lantern Corps. At on least the show go before. to the effort of coming up with cool superheroes. Don't give me shitty superheroes. Not even as comic relief. I don't like comic relief in my cartoons. Remember when every cartoon had to have like some cute character? The kids would identify with that. Yeah, and even the ones that already had cute characters had to do an additional one. So, like, Scooby-Doo, you had to have Scrappy-Doo with it. Yeah, but Scooby-Doo, right, was the comic relief. You don't need to uh, double up. Right. Fuck that, I hate that. Hate, so much hate. Yeah, so much hate. God, you know, dealing with this concussion, I've had more than one person, well-meaning, I'm sure, tell me, oh, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, or life doesn't give you more than you can handle fucking hate that i hate that with the white hot intensity of a thousand burning suns don't say that to me do you not read history do you not look at the newspaper what kind of god is this anyway that you're talking about that like just completely messes with you right up until the point where you're gonna break and what does that mean for people like like i don't know junior Seau? did is he, was he just a pussy does that go go to dachau go to the killing fields of cambodia Look around you. Go, yeah, pussies. That wasn't more than you can handle. He just, he just wussed out. Christ, I don't. Is that an American thing? Hey, hey, non-American listeners, do they say that in your country? Is that just a stupid American thing that we say over here? Because I hate it. Sorry, did I bring us down? Did I get out of comedy and a tragedy? Should we talk about toilet paper again? Nah. If that's what you hate, that's what you hate. That's my hate. <sighs> well, I kind of feel like I got all my hate out, man. That was pretty. I, I don't think I could ever get all my hate out, but that was that was good. That was therapeutic. Good. We have any music, maybe? Some hateful music we yeah, could Yeah, why don't we listen to another one? Since we both hate stupid people, this is from the album Verses by The Haunted. This is Moronic Colossus. I'm out of town, so the man listened to the same trigger and bullshit. I guess that's what you have to find out when assholes are diamond and diamond. Let's see what you may do. 
Once again, that was Moronic Colossus from the 2008 album Versus by Sweden's The Haunted. Why don't we talk about the band a little bit now, Gord? Yeah, let's. And by us talking about the band, I think we mean, <laughs> why don't you talk about the band? Well, I remember I actually heard this band right when they came out, like in 1998. And I, I was working at Borders at the time, and I think the buyer hooked me up with a copy of the disc. And I know that it immediately blew me away. And I know I sent you a copy right away. You did. Because I was like... You gave it to me. You're like, this, listen, now. And it was like just heavy and brutal and intense and short and brisk and just a kick in the gut. It was great music. And uh, Hate Song was a, a good example of that, the first one we listened to. And I just really dug that band and their intensity. The band actually uh, formed back in 1996... Now, remember we had the band Witchery on the show and interviewed Jensen a while back. Yeah. And Patrick Jensen actually is a member of The Haunted as well. He was in a couple of bands in Linköping, Sweden called Seance and Satanic Slaughter. And when those bands fell apart, he decided to move to Gothenburg. And when he moved to town, it was right around the same time that uh, this band At The Gates that I've mentioned before, a huge uh, influential melodic death metal band from Gothenburg, was kind of wrapping up their last tour. And he started jamming with Adrian Erlinson, who was the drummer of At The Gates. And shortly thereafter, At The Gates folded, and they were already jamming together. And the twin brothers, uh, Anders Bjorler and Jonas Bjorler, who played uh, guitar and bass respectively from At The Gates, ended up joining The Haunted. And then they got a guy named Peter Dolving, who was the singer of a band called Mary Beats Jane, to round out the roster. He was kind of notable for his very intense vocals. Shortly thereafter, they recorded their first demo in 1997, which featured the tune Shattered and Undead, which would also appear on their debut album The Haunted in 1998, which Terrorizer Magazine, a UK magazine that I'm really a fan of, uh, named The Haunted as their best album of the year for 98. Such a really an intense listen and something worth checking out. After that album was released and the subsequent tour, according to Dolving, he had dissatisfaction with the record deal and the company where they were with at the time, Earache, as well as, he claims, ADD and manic depression, which led him to end up leaving the band. At the same time, uh, Adrian Erlinson left the band to join Cradle of Filth, which is a huge UK black metal band. And uh, they ended up adding Marco Aro, who has much of a kind of a more growly, gruffer, hardcore-sounding voice, I think, than Dolving did. Dolving's is a little higher in register. Aro, though, just tore it up on the albums uh, The Haunted Made Me Do It and uh, the following album, One Kill Wonder. They were also joined by Per Moller Jensen of the Danish death metal act Conkra to fill in on drums, and uh, that was the lineup that they would have for the next couple of albums. So they toured behind The Haunted Made Me Do It, uh, visited Tokyo, and ended up releasing a DVD from that tour called Caught on Tape. After that, they returned from touring and teamed up with producer Frederick Nordstrom for their next album with the intent of capturing the raw sound that they were hearing in the rehearsal studio. And that album would be One Kill Wonder, which I mentioned, which hit the streets in 2003. It was so forceful a statement that Alternative Press hailed The Haunted as one of metal's 25 most important bands. With that album, they fulfilled their contract with Earache, and they were ready to take their music to the next level. But at that point, Marco Aro 
decided that he wanted to leave the band, that he had young children and he didn't want to spend so much time on the road. He wanted to spend more time with his family. And so he announced to the band while they were on that last tour that, hey, this was going to be it for me. You know, you know, he wanted to give them enough time to find a new vocalist. And so uh, after their final stop of the tour in Malmo, Sweden, they ended up having to pursue another vocalist and Peter Dolving returned to the fold. So they were able to get their original singer back in the band. Oh, it's like full circle. Yeah. If you kind of read between the lines in different interviews, it seemed like that Dolving, at best of times, is kind of a prickly, opinionated character. He blogs online, and he rants and raves, and he has a, he has a lot to say. He's more than willing to share it. And some of the dissatisfactions he had, I guess, was hit with his part in the band the first time around. You know, he kind of came in, I think, late in the process where... Jensen had been working on these songs for years, and so this was the music that they were going to do. And when he returned to the band, he was able to get more involved in the writing of it. I think he found that more fulfilling in the short term anyway. Next up, they had finished their contract with Earache and uh, had decided to move to Century Media. It was kind of an interesting story. Jensen was interviewed with Blistering.com, and he says about that issue that Earache Records kind of hijacked The Haunted. The Haunted was my band, but they claimed that while three At The Gates members were in the band, The Haunted needed to fulfill the old At The Gates contract. So we never really signed a deal with Earache. They simply made sure that we just took over the old contract, I guess. So At The Gates had three more albums to complete, which we have finally completed. Now we were free to sign our own contract with anyone we chose to sign with. Needless to say, we weren't happy with the way Earache Records just took control over the band, and the kind of backing they gave us wasn't what we considered enough for what we needed to grow. So isn't that kind of a, an interesting way to end up with a record label? Yeah, it is. I haven't heard a story like that. So I, I wonder if that doesn't happen more often in the music industry than we, we know, just regularly hear, hear about. Right. So they joined Century Media, who is known as being a very strong independent metal label, and continued with their next album, Revolver, which would come out in 2004. Again, Frederick Nordstrom was producing, and uh, it had a much catchier vibe to it. They kind of went heavy and polished for the uh, two preceding albums, and then it seems to me like they spent more time working on catchy riffs, as that uh, Revolver is one of their catchier albums. They did 250 shows on that tour, including a stint with OzFest in 2005, where I saw them here in Washington. Put on a great show, just absolutely intense. It was on the outdoor stage, very short set, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But, you know, really left an impression on me. Afterwards, I went over and met the band and got him to sign my T-shirt. And I just thought it was a pretty cool experience, and I really enjoyed what I heard. So it was, you know, one of those things that kept building my interest in the band. Did you uh, have him sign your boot? It was pretty cool, actually, because you know they have the, the Haunted logo. It has, like, that little guy silhouetted within the logo. Yeah. And uh, Jonas Bjorlund, like, drew a picture of a little cigarette that the guy's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. I approve. Yeah. Well, why don't we play a tune here from Revolver to uh, give folks a little taste of what we're talking about? This tune is 99.
Once again, 99 by The Haunted from 2004's Revolver. Following that, the band got a little experimental with their next album, which would be uh, 2006's The Dead Eye. They uh, began working with a producer called Tue Madsen, kind of mixed up the tempo, slowed things down, experimented with slower, more sinister vocals and some more technical guitar work. It was an album that got a lot of critical acclaim, but I have to admit... I don't listen to that much. It's probably the least listened to out of their catalog for me. That must have been the case at the box office as well, because their next album kind of went back to a heavier sound. But I was listening to it today, 
And I'm kind of like, hey, this is pretty fucking great. <laughs> so, you know, there is no Haunted that isn't really, really good. I mean, it's all a matter of scale with this band. that They're that consistent for that long. I mean, they were together for 15 years. It's pretty amazing. You know, you think of bands like Clutch, maybe, would be another band that was consistent for a really long time and had a very solid track record. You know, there's some albums you like more than others, but they were always pretty damn good. And I've always thought of The Haunted in that same sort of way. After that, they uh, went on tour with uh, a number of other bands, uh, Dark Tranquility, Into Eternity, and Scar Symmetry, all bands ending in Y, for the Metal of <laughs> for the Metal for the Masses tour. Uh, once again, they hit Seattle, and it was just a fantastic set. They were in the headlining position, and they just blew El Corazon in Seattle out of the water. It was a epic show and it was really cool because peter dolving as a singer you think of maybe henry rollins is the only other vocalist i can think of that is that intense and puts that much emotion into his music just screaming and yelling and sweating and he's like a wild animal and afterwards you know i walked over the merch table i bought something and I, I was like you know the place is starting to empty out and Peter is still walking around on the floor, shaking hands with people and giving fans high fives. And, you know, it must have been 15, 20 minutes later. But he's given so much on stage, and he's still giving back to the audience. And I just thought that was a very cool thing, and it really left an impression on me. Right on. I love when entertainers do that. Yeah, it's just, they, you they know. Stick around and meet the crowd, go the extra mile. Yeah, you don't have to. You're probably exhausted anyway, and you've been on the road for who knows how many months, and you're still... You know, willing to do that. Major props. I, I really respect that. Penn and Teller is like that. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, last time I saw Penn and Teller after the show, I'm like, oh, hey, they're hanging out in the lobby just talking to anyone that wants to talk to them. Like, that's pretty cool. These guys do like 300 shows a year. <laughs> they don't have to do that. No, that is cool. I like that. So on that tour, they toured everywhere. They played Europe, North America, and even Russia. And uh, hit a lot of the hot spots and then uh, went back to record their next album, which came out in 2008, Versus, which is the album I mentioned before that has a moronic colossus on it and a bunch of other great tunes. That one kind of uh, returned to the harder style. So that's why I was mentioning that maybe The Dead Eye didn't do as well at the box office because they kind of did go back to a harder style for the next album, which is very good. And again, it reminds me of Revolver and its sheer catchiness. There are so many tunes that really get stuck in your head. Both of those albums have that in common. During the spring of 2009, they released a compilation, Greatest Hits, called Warning Shots, which has a second disc of unreleased cuts. It's a great place to catch up on The Haunted, I think. And then in 2010, they released a live album and DVD called Roadkill, which uh, they recorded a set in Malkweg, Amsterdam in February of 2009. It's also a double disc set that has uh, five bonus tracks from the Versus sessions on the second disc. The uh, video portions, directed by the guitarist Anders Bueller, who has worked with film extensively, having recorded a number of videos for the band, as well as a documentary for the recording of The Dead Eye in 2006, and an At The Gates documentary called Under The Serpent Sun. He even did, you know how uh, a lot of new albums now will have like a, a second disc as a DVD or whatever? Yeah. The uh, latest Meshuggah album, Coloss, has a documentary on the second disc called Constructing the Coloss, and that was also directed by Anders Bueller. So he's doing quite a bit with film. It's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. 
After that, they began writing for the next album. About a year, started about a year after the release of Verses, and according to Dolving, they wrote about forty songs that got whittled down to what would end up being their last album, Unseen, which I find actually is a much catchier album, even than what they've done previous. They soften a little bit. There's more melody there. But uh, still really great music. And for me, if that's the last album we ever get out of The Haunted, uh, I would be happy. Having listened to the seven albums over 15 years, it really is an impressive selection of music. Shortly after that, in February of 2012, uh, Dolving posted the following on Facebook. I am officially quitting The Haunted. After years of working with the band, I am out. I've had it. I will not answer questions as to why. It's no one else's business. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to seeing you with my other projects. But by August, he had thrown the Bjorder twins under the bus, uh, I guess. <laughs> he claimed musical differences, uh, issues over money, and even that the, the extended reunion of At The Gates was what eventually killed The Haunted. And uh, as I mentioned, he's a prickly character, and he's one to state his mind. So he came out pretty harshly, I think, against the Bjorler twins. And Anders Bjorler, I read an interview recently, came out a couple of weeks ago on MetalSucks.net. And he stated that uh, he had come to the end of the line regarding The Haunted as well. He had kind of been thinking about it for a while, that he had said what he needed to say in that band. And that once Peter had left, he didn't know where the band could go further. Uh, he said he's very sorry that Peter feels the way he does, but there are, you know, obviously different sides of the story. So it's not my place to take sides on any of it. I'm just, you know, relaying an interesting story. So since then, Paramolar Jensen, the drummer, has left the band as well to join Karsten Lender in forming a new band called Deep Architecture, which I'm not sure at all what that music is going to sound like. Anders Bjorler is working on uh, a solo album of 100% instrumental music. He says that it resembles film soundtrack music like Goblin or Fabio Fritzi mixed with influences like King Crimson, which sounds absolutely fascinating. Hmm. Kind of a metal rock thing. Yeah, well, you remember Goblin is the guys who do the soundtrack for Suspiria? Yeah. Yeah. Which is very intense. Whether you like the acting in that movie. What did I say? Metal rock? (laughs) I meant to say math rock. (laughs) <laughs> I'm moronic <laughs> A moronic colossus as it were I am, much smaller So as Jensen puts it, for those who can still count That only leaves himself and Jonas Bjorler on bass in the band And so uh, he came out with a statement We are still committed to The Haunted However, in the light of these recent events We honestly don't know what will happen We hope for your appreciation of our current situation And for your patience so, I mean, you know, I kind of wonder if this doesn't mean good things for witchery, that we're going to get another witchery album soon, because it's been, you know, since 2010. Witch Creek was fantastic, and I would love to hear more from that band. So I hope that uh, that happens. I'm sorry to see The Haunted go. And, you know, metal bands are kind of like superheroes. They never really die, and, you know, we'll have a chance to hear another iteration down the road. I certainly hope that that is the case. A couple other things to watch out for. Dolving is currently doing some work with Thieves and Liars, which is kind of an alt-rocky metal sort of a project. You can listen to it on Bandcamp. I was not in love with it, but uh, I can respect a guy trying to do something a little different. He also does uh, some solo stuff under the name House of Dolving, and he continues to write and paint. Additionally, Marco Aro, who was the second singer for The Haunted, 
is now in a band called The Resistance with Jesper Stromblad, who was the founding guitarist of another favorite band of mine, In Flames. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where that band goes. Uh, first couple of tracks I've heard are really cool, and I can't wait to hear more. And I think that's about it. So anyway, thank you. You know, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, thanks to The Haunted for 15 years of kick-ass music. Let's listen to some more of it, man. Thanksgiving. Yeah. This is the title cut from their last album, Unseen. Once again, that was Unseen from The Haunted. You can find them at the-haunted.com. And finer music stores everywhere. iTunes, Amazon, you name it. Go get some. Got any uh, political ranting? You know, we've had an election since we last spoke. We did. I, I, you must have election. some sort of er- uh, erection, did you say? We had you an must election. Have, 
some sort of political rant. I do. I'm going to keep trying to do the rant lit. Not long, exhaustive things like talking about the haunted. No. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Look, chin up, folks. Uh, you hear them. Everyone's saying it. That, that uh, Obama's election is bad news for everything. It's bad news for the economy. It's bad news for foreign policy. It's bad news for defense. It's the end of civilization as we know it. It's the death of America. And I just got to tell you, people, look who is telling you this. Remember, these are the same people who told you that there were WMDs in Iraq. They're the same guys that told you that the Bush tax cuts would get you a job and that the bank deregulation was a good thing for the country. It would help our banks compete good all the way around. These are the guys that freaked out and told you that Obama was going to take your guns when he got elected the first time. Uh, still got your guns? I think you do. These are also the same guys that predicted Romney would sweep the election. No, he did not sweep the election. So, my point, my rattlet is just pay attention to where the information is coming from and how many times they've been right in the past. And this is coming from a guy who told you that uh, he thought Romney was going to win the election. So, <laughs> consider your sources. Why are you even still listening to me? Speaking of things, speaking of not following my example, I'm a really terrible investor. <laughs> Every time I do something, I decide where to put my money, I make a big move, something happens. Like, I bought this company that drills oil wells in the ocean. And what happens? The deep water horizon blows up. Yeah, they owned that. Their stock went bloop, 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 bloop. So, I am really concerned about this looming fiscal cliff. The fact that people from all sides are telling Congress to get their shit together to fix this before it happens makes me worried. You get captains of industry saying fix it. You get hardcore Democrats saying fix it. You get the hardcore Republicans saying fix it. Everyone is freaking out about this. And the one thing Congress cannot do is get its act together and fix anything. So what I did is I took all of my money that was in my 401k that was in stocks and I said, stop, liquidate it, put it in cash, put it out of the stock market because these clowns are going to drive the economy right off a cliff. And we might see a little gain in the stock market, but we're probably going to see a big drop. So based on my track record, everyone else out there, probably a great time to invest in the stock market. We're going to be farting through silk. You are. <laughs> and, and you can thank me. It could be there's a causal relationship. Perhaps by getting completely out, I may save the U.S. economy. Yeah. I don't know. Then again, you said Romney was going to win. I know. So everything I say is a lie. Figure that one out. Yeah. And that's my political rant. Well, you know, a couple of things, a couple of notes on that. I've been listening to a little bit of the Republican soul-searching after the election, you know. what? <laughs> or everyone is a different flavor of, maybe if we could put more brown faces in front of people. Yeah, and the one thing I have to say about that is that you don't have to change the way your party looks. You have to change the way you think. People are not going to vote for you if you think you are better than they are. The elitism and the patronizing attitude that comes from that train of thought is what is going to prevent you from winning elections. Saying shit about women is the thing that's going to keep you from winning elections. Yeah, if they would just completely steer clear of everything in the crotchal region, 
they would be helping Dis- themselves out a lot. Disclaiming science is one of the things that's going to keep you from winning elections. It just goes yeah, on and on. Yes, and there's, we're becoming the laughing stock of the world. But there are science. there are Republicans like Jindal from Louisiana who are really interesting to read because they're like, I'm tired of being the stupid party. I don't believe that. This is what I believe. And they have common sense platforms. So there are people worthy of following in that party, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not, All is not lost. But right now, the it seems like the thinking on why they lost the election and what do they need to do next time is... It, 90% of it is talking about the color of the skin of the electorate and how they need to try to appeal to people that are not albinos. Right, but the fact that you're still thinking about the color of people's skin and not thinking about how can I best serve the majority of my electorate, that is your problem. Yeah, setting your crappy-ass anti-homo, anti-women, anti-science platform to a urban beat is not going to change the fact that your platform sucks i agree did you see that that note from anonymous that was posted around no that anonymous the hacker group supposedly found some sort of loophole in the internet regarding the ohio voting system and put a firewall there and stopped it right before a whole bunch of votes were supposed to be massaged from the election. And it happened right at the time Karl Rove was losing his shit on Fox. <laughs> now, uh, I have no idea. Whether that, that doesn't sound true to me, but I don't know yeah, at all. It sounds pretty far-fetched, but it's pretty fun to read that kind of conspiracy theory stuff. I don't know if there's anything to it, but it's kind of entertaining. So, dude, are you done ranting? Yeah, I'm done. How about another tune, then? Let's do it. So much like your savings account, this tune is dead on arrival. Yeah. 
Once again, that was DOA by The Haunted, taking from The Haunted Made Me Do It, the 2000 album on Earache Records. You can also find that song on Rock Band. Remember when we used to play like Rock Band? People used to do that. That was a thing. That was a thing. Now everybody has $200 worth of big plastic in their house that they don't use anymore. (laughs) What happened to that fucking game, man? Nobody plays Rock Band anymore. I don't know. I only played it when I was at your house. It was like the hula hoop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's how long. It it was about five years that fad totally burned out. Yeah, and all the people that uh, jumped from 3D games to rhythm games just (laughs) riding the trends right into the toilet. Well, speaking of video games, how about a little multimedia triage? Hey, how about multimedia triage? Triage! nothing's more fun than listening to middle-aged guys talk about video games. You know... I have it under good authority. This is the part of the show that makes the women the most hot. I bet they're getting moist just listening, yes, just anticipating. Exactly. Right. You hmm. can hear a wet panty drop right now because of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so speaking of wet panties, I've been playing Borderlands 2, Captain Scarlet's Pirate Booty, and I've been playing in true Vault Hunter mode. Borderlands 2, I'm still getting the mileage out of that game. It's, so what, pray tell, is true Vault Hunter mode? Let's say you, even though this is totally fiction, complete a video game. And you complete this video game. At the end, you've unlocked the ability to go through the game again in true Vault Hunter mode. Uh, which means, so it's like prestiging. Yeah, kind of. Except you get to keep in prestiging you, you have all your stuff you've earned stripped from you. Whereas in this, you get to keep all your cool guns and perks and everything. Is that true? Yeah. Well, fuck prestiging, then. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? What the hell? There's nothing I hate more than, like, doing a bunch of work in a video game and then not being able to keep it. It's artificial digital shit anyway. And That's then you right, can't but even you get a it. shiny new emblem to put next to your name as you earn all this stuff again. <laughs> yeah, here's your different colored pixels, you yokel. Oh, they're purple pixels. <laughs> No, you get to keep all your stuff and go through again. And you don't need to do it, but this is the way I did it. The downloadable content, Scarlet's Booty, I started that up right after I finished the game. So I went into that adventure fully locked and loaded with some crazy weapons. And there's actually kind of a downside to that because even though I'm like level 30-something, I am so damn powerful that that's... That's not much of a challenge. I'm thinking about just starting over with the level one character and, and doing that adventure <laughs> because I'm I'm mowing down enemies. But it is it is really cool. It's set in this environment that's uh, it used to be a sea or a lake, some deep body water, which is now all gone. And so you're there's all these ships that are on bluffs way up high and anchors down in the ground. But you're in a desert. You're riding a sand skiff like out of the best Star Wars movie, and you're uh, fighting pirates in the desert. It's pretty fun. Cool. And it's humorous, as all Borderlands games are. It's funny. It'll make you laugh. Yeah, I am not there at all yet, so. I've got a lot of work to do on that game. I've got Black Ops 2 i got to work on, I've and still XCOM. So there's, between Jeez. now and the end of the year, my dance card is full with gaming. Yeah, I, I went all the way through XCOM. I completed that. I saved the world. That's a fun game. Yeah, yeah, I got to get back to that. The only and thing I've been having time to play is like a little bit of Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook, which is fun, but that's not a real game. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. I've managed to uh, read some books. 
lately and, yep. and watch some movies. Not just the movies for the uh, Film Fest that I'm checking out, but I finally watched Identity, which is a John Cusack thriller that came out in the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe the early 2000s. Really fun movie. Did you ever see that? I did not see it. It's I kind of uh, don't Ray even Leone remember. Like... And John Cusack, and the premise is a group of totally different people all get stranded at the same gas station slash motel in the middle of the desert during this horrendous rainstorm, which has flooded out the roads. And now they're all stranded together, and someone is murdered. There's a killer amongst them. Who is it? Ah, but there, there's some really wonderful twists to this story. And... Uh, you can get it on Netflix. Just it's not streaming. You got to get the physical disc. But definitely check it out. If you if you've missed that movie, go grab Identity and watch it, and you won't be disappointed. It's pretty fun. Hmm, yeah, I don't know how I missed that. I I like John Cusack, but I haven't. I can't even really recall the trailer, honestly. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It came and went so fast, and I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a typical John Cusack role. He wasn't pining over a girl or acting awkward or anything. But uh, cool movie. But one of the things I picked up recently was the uh, director's cut of Little Shop of Horrors just came out. And what's cool about it is uh, we went to the local high school play version. I think I talked about that before. And it has a different ending. The play does. And that ending was actually shot for the film, but it was considered too much of a downer. So with this director's cut, you actually get the original ending of Little Shop of Horrors, like complete. And it's really cool. It's got another cool song on it. And it's a fun extra, like, ten minutes of movie. And so it's definitely worth checking out if you enjoy that film. That's cool. The other thing I've been watching a lot is uh, the new season of Walking Dead. Dude, they're killing last season. This season is really watchable. I still have nitpicks with how they're handling some of the characters. Like, particularly Andrea is bugging the shit out of me right now. But... The governor is there. Michonne is there. It's getting really intense. And uh, Michael Rooker's back. Merle. Yeah. Missing the hand. He's got like a (laughs) Dr. Kron blade arm thing going now. This season is really good. Every episode has been tight and intense. And I think you got to get caught up on this. Maybe I do. I just got so bored by season two that I stepped away from the whole thing. Yeah, you could tell that they were kind of stretching it out, especially like the first section of the season, because the second section was much better. It moved a lot faster and there was more happening. And it was almost like, okay, we'll get through these first six episodes and then the money shot will be in the last six episodes. And there really was. But so far, this season is constructed in a much stronger fashion. And I really think you'd enjoy it. Okay. You know what I've been enjoying the has come back, much like a reanimated zombie. Dan Abnett's story about Ravenor and Eisenhorn. He's got a new trilogy, and the first in the trilogy is Pariah. Now, Ravenor and Eisenhorn are... Well, they're Inquisitors. They're Inquisitors in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. It sounds like the worst idea possible. It's a book based on a tabletop Dungeons & Dragons type game. But it's great. I love the series. There's roughly 800,000 pages written in it. The new trilogy, at least book one of it, focuses on a pariah, a psychically deadened person. There's, There's these certain very rare people in the universe 
that are psychics. And then they have psychic powers. They can tear you up with their mind. They've got all kinds of crazy psionic crap going on. But the even more rare person is the blank, is the pariah, is the person that's like not affected by any psychic energy and is a dead spot, a node, an insulator. They, They project a nothingness of psychic energy around them. They're very unpleasant for regular folk to be around and they can be deadly for psychers and it focuses on not so much on Ravenor or Eisenhorn but it focuses on a particular pariah and she only begins to encounter the characters from the other books right near the end it's her story and she is wrapped up apparently in a conflict between Eisenhorn and Ravenor, two incredibly powerful kick-ass Inquisitors that used to work together, but not no more. <laughs> well, the last I heard, wasn't Eisenhorn dead? And Ravenor was already fucked up. He was like a shell of a man inside of a, a mobile chair, what's left of him. Yeah, he goes around in a box. He's yeah. Like Captain Pike. Yeah, they got straight powerful. fucked up by chaos, so. Yeah, but he goes around in his levitating uh, box and kicks ass. He's not as cool as Eisenhorn. And yeah, when we last saw Eisenhorn... Everything he built was pretty much in shambles, and he was perhaps maybe even dead himself. Spoiler, he's not dead. <laughs> well, when the back of the book says, The Return of Eisenhorn, I guess you kind of get that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading that. I hadn't realized it had hit, so I'll be picking that up. Yeah, I don't know when book two is supposed to come out, so you got time. You know what else just snuck up on us was a very Venture Halloween. Venture Brothers did a Halloween special. Yeah, I, now there's something else I hate. When you set your TiVo to tape a show whenever it comes on, and then it doesn't record something like that. Because I did not get this episode. Venture Brothers Halloween special, I did not tape. I got it. Mine recorded it. I hate that. You know what else I hate? What? When you cook burritos for dinner, and you <laughs> chop up jalapenos, and then you kind of forget about washing your hands, and then you rub your eye... Oh, and then you your eye is all burning. Yeah, I hate that. It's happening right now. That's too Live. bad. I've got some really tough toilet air. paper I could give you to rub on your eye. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I don't need that. Okay, it's clean. Ah, let's listen to another tune. All right. This is No Ghost by The Haunted. Uh, second cut from Unseen because I just couldn't resist. You've got to move as if you need to know why.
Once again, No Ghost by The Haunted from their final album, Unseen, in 2011. Pick it up. Get it. So, dude. Dude. We're down to the short strokes, as they say. I say. Filthy jokes? Filthy jokes. Hey, Steve. Yeah. What is the difference between anal sex and a microwave? I don't know. A microwave doesn't brown your meat. (laughs) Seriously? Yes. Oh, well, man. so I hear. I <laughs> uh, so this guy stops by to visit his friend who's recovering from knee surgery. And they chat for a while. And the friend says, hey, you know, my feet are really cold. Would you be kind enough to run upstairs and get my sneakers for me? The guest obliges and goes right upstairs. And there he sees his friend's very good looking teenage daughters. Being the adventurous and quick thinking type, he says, Hey, ladies, your daddy just sent me up here to have sex with you. They stare at him and say, that can't be. You've got to be kidding. The guest replies, okay, let's check. And shouts down the stairs to his friend. Both of them? Yes, both of them. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> like there's a doubt? Or why were you doubting that my joke would be funny? I wasn't doubting. I don't know why it came off that way. There was no doubt. <laughs> Another song. Let's hear it. This is the medication by The Haunted from The Dead Eye. I'm sick, I can say it now. Clear and straight line. So fucking what? Keep your opinion to leave me out. Bleeding red, burn the bitch. Let us serve ourselves. The pain is real. It's all true, I was
Once again, that was The Haunted. I hope you enjoyed the career retrospective of the band. And once again, check them out at their website or pick up an album. Thank yous. Once again, I'd like to thank The Haunted, as well as both Earache Records and Century Media Records for allowing us to share this awesome music with you. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com every Sunday, including the heavy half hour when there isn't a bone bat show. And you can find my stuff at mightywombat.com, a new cartoon every week unless the week happens to be Thanksgiving or I crack my head open on a hope chest. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. We also have a Bone Bat Twitter feed as well as a Facebook group. God, speaking of which, my hatred towards Facebook these days is getting pretty intense. I'm going to continue to post funny little stuff on our Facebook group, but does it seem like every time you log onto Facebook, all you see is a whole bunch of advertisements for people you don't know, for shit you don't care about? Yeah, and what what are my friends doing liking things like Walmart and Coca-Cola? Why would you like something that big? I never get I would that. like it if I was getting, like, a gift certificate. If Coca-Cola said, like Coca-Cola, we'll give you a free 12-pack. Uh, all right. doesn't cost me anything. I don't know. I think people are doing that, and they're not even... I think they're, they're whoring themselves out cheap. That's what I think they're doing. I don't know. I think at some point somebody clicks on the eye like Target or something because they want to see an ad or something, and then they don't realize the level is being replicated. And yet... The Bone Bat Show is only shown to 17 to 24% of the people who've actually followed it. <laughs> it makes no damn sense at all. Right. So anyway, uh, speaking of that, uh, you've heard it from a million other people, but if you aren't seeing the Bone Bat Show feed and you follow us, go up to the little gear, click on it, and add uh, show this interest or add two interests or whatever the little message is there. I think the message is defuckify my Facebook. Right. So that you can actually see the stuff that we're posting. Granted, I don't think we've been posting that much lately. We've been kind I posted of... some funny stuff today and oh, okay. yesterday. I didn't notice today. You I didn't saw, see, I saw yesterday. see even you. You don't even see it. Uh, yeah, I, that's I, little, the yeah, person. cartoon characters dying in many different hellacious ways set to music. No, I didn't see that. I'm going to have to go see? look. See? God. So there is a reason to go to the Facebook page. Yes. Anyway, once again, thank you for listening. Our final tune this evening is a song, one of the greatest songs by The Haunted, in my opinion, All Against All from Revolver in 2004. I hope you dig it. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. Hi, you have a good one.
know shit about shit. <laughs> I thought it was, I don't know dick about shit. I don't know dick about shit either. 